But we're going to, it's rubbing off. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, I am glad you're here, and uh, uh, we are in the midst of a series that we started last week, and it's called Finish Strong. Finish Strong, and we want to finish strong. And last week, when we got together, we discussed a couple of ledgers, the ledgers of life, and we talked about that earthly ledger and making an investment in this life. And then we also talked about the eternal ledger, making an investment in eternity, and how important it is that we really emphasize this eternal ledger so that when we stand before the Lord, there's something there that we're not uh, standing before and broke and without anything, so to speak. And so those ledgers we talked about last week. And today I want to continue as we address uh, this issue of finishing strong. I want to talk to you today about a topic that, that I think is on all of our minds all the time uh, in some way, some shape or form. It's the issue of time. Time. Take your Bible, turn if you would to the book of Psalm, chapter 90, verse 9. Psalm chapter 90, verse 9, and we're going to begin there. We're going to look at verse 9 and verse 12, and then we're going to kind of take off here and see what we can't uh, glean, what we can't learn. Oh, what we can't learn, and um, we'll go from there. All right, Psalm chapter 90, verse 9. The Bible says, for all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. The truth is, is that the Bible defines our lives as basically a a story, a tale. Uh, I guess you could take any book and you could look at it and you could say, well, within the cover of that book is a story or there's some kind of information and in our case, we could, we're basically a book. You can open it up. You can see the early chapters of our life going right to the very final chapter where death is imminent. And our lives are as a tale that's told. It's as though uh, someone wrote a biography or a book or possibly you're sitting around the fire talking about the story of my life, the story of your life. Well, that puts some things in perspective, doesn't it? I mean, I don't know about you, but boy, to think about my life as simply just being uh, one uh, tale that's told, a simple tale that's told, puts things in perspective. In the book of Psalm chapter 90, verse 12, just a few verses down, he says, So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. I mean, our lives are not that long, he's implying. The lives are rather short. They're just a tale that's told. I mean, you can tell a lot of tales. You can kind of give a lot of stories. And the truth is, is yours is just one of them. Mine is just one of them. And he says, as a result of that, teach us to number our days. Help us to be very conscious and very aware that our days are numbered. You know what life is? Let me tell you, it's time. It's time. Instead of asking, what are you doing with your life? We should be asking, what are you doing with your time? See, that's the real question. What do you do with your time? And what you do with your time ultimately determines what you do with your life. 
According to the Bible, every person alive has a purpose. And I think it's important to understand what that purpose is. Look at Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. We're going to see what man's purpose really is, what women's purpose really are on this earth. Notice what it says, every creation of God. We're going to recognize it. We're going to see it. Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. The Bible says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things. Now, I don't think any of us are going to argue that we believe that the God of heaven, that indeed he created all things. Now, I know there are those that would argue that, and there are people in the world that would say, that didn't happen at all. There is no God. There's no creator. This just all happened. But may I say this? We know, biblically, scripturally, as well as by faith, that there's no doubt there's a creator, and that creator created all things. And he says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. I mean, if you really are looking for purpose in life and you're wondering, why do I exist? What's the reason I'm here on this celestial ball? The fact is, is that you are terrestrial, excuse me. Not celestial, terrestrial ball. I don't want you to think that I'm incompetent. You'd then know the secret. But anyway, the fact is, thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things. For thy pleasure they are and were created. Every last person on this terrestrial ball is created with a purpose. And that purpose is none other than to bring pleasure to their Creator. That's what the Bible teaches us. In Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13 and 14, turn there, would you please? We're going to understand how it is we can please our Creator then. If it's my purpose to please Him. And it is. At least it is according to the Word of God. Then how do I do that? Well, according to Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 13 through 14, we're going to read how to get that done. Notice what it says there, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. It says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Now, when he makes that statement, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter, it seems to me what he's really saying is, let's go ahead and get down where the rubber meets the road. Let's just boil it all down to what's most important. And what he's saying here is, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Let's get to the end of it and find out how it all is. And he says, fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Wow, that's a pretty bold statement. He didn't say that fearing God and keeping his commandments is a part of our life. It's a piece of the life puzzle. He didn't say that. He didn't say that it's important at your convenience. He didn't say it's a suggestion that I have for you. 
in this particular passage, he says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Let's boil it down to the bottom line. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. It's the whole duty. What's my duty? To fear God and keep his commandments. So therefore, by fearing God and keeping his commandments, I can and will please God. Because see, it's my purpose in life to please the master, the creator God of the universe. How do I do that? By fulfilling my duty, fulfilling my purpose of fearing God and keeping his commandments. So according to the Bible, every one of us has a purpose for living. And that purpose is to please God. And we do that by fearing Him and keeping His commandments. Now, we ought to honor God with every waking moment then. Often we will look at a drug addict or a drunkard and we'll say things like, boy, he or she is wasting their life. Now, wasting their life. Well, you know, that may be true, but what about the Christian who's not a drunk or a drug addict but doesn't walk in obedience to God and His commandments? I mean, what about the believer who spends time reading the newspaper, various blogs, or the most recent novels, and yet fails to spend time reading the Word of God? I would call that a waste of time. What about the Christian who spends time visiting the mall, going out to eat, or possibly, I mean, shopping at Walmart, but doesn't spend time each week in God's house? Now, there's nothing wrong with doing any of those things. My point is, how is it that we can neglect the most important thing and not consider it a waste of time then? It's easy to point out the flaws of others. It's easy to look at others' lives and say, well, you're wasting your time. But in our own lives, in our own walk with God, maybe we're not doing such a hot job of it. I mean, what about the believer who spends time on the phone talking to friends and family, stays connected to the world on the web, and keeps up with their Facebook buddies, but fails to spend time or quality time on their knees in prayer, connected to the God of heaven who created them? I ask you, who is really wasting their time? Every waking moment is precious, and it's to be cherished. Look, if you would, at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15, please. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15. We're talking about finishing strong, and if we're going to finish strong, then we must be very wise with our time. Because life is time. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15 through 17, we read, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all matter of conversation. Now that word conversation is not just referring to speech, it's referring to our lifestyle. We do not have time to define it biblically at this point, but I hope that you, if you choose, you can well take it hand, uh, uh, in hand to do so yourself. That's fine. But you'll find that that word in the Word of God refers to not only conversation speech, but our lifestyle. And he's saying here, so be holy in all manner of conversation or in all manner of living, because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. And if 
ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. Once again, the whole duty of man is to fear God, right? And to keep his commandments. In this passage, he goes on to say, God is not a respecter of persons. He judges according according to every man's work. Pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. There's only so much time and it is passing. And you must pass that time sojourning here in fear. Every waking moment is precious. Every waking moment to be cherished. How often do we even set goals, which are wonderful, and it's good to set goals. Don't misunderstand me here, but how often is it that sometimes we look ahead in our life, we look down the road of life, and we, we, we see a, a point of arrival, we see a place of, of desire, we want to get here, we want to own our own home, we want to have a, 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 an account that permits us to retire, we want to be in a position to do something particular, whether it's a going on a vacation or, or being able to purchase something that we dreamed about. And so there's a destination that we are focusing on, a destination we are dwelling on. And the problem is, is that we're still way over here. And that destination is still way over there. And we're journeying, but all we do is focus on the destination. And every day, we lament the fact that we haven't arrived at that destination. And as a result, we do not enjoy the journey. And the Bible's telling us in this passage, he's saying sojourn. He's talking about a journey that we're taking in life. And he's saying, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. And I'm just telling you, I want you to understand that it's easy to get caught up on what we want. There's goals and there's dreams and there's aspirations. There's desires that we have and it will kill our present day and it'll steal our joy now if we just focus on that. We've got to realize that there's nothing wrong with having a goal, but we can't allow ourselves to feel as though we are failures unless we obtain the goal. The journey is what God's interested in. You may never arrive there. And you have been miserable because you feel like a failure the whole way. Well, one day, I'm going to have enough money to retire, and that's all I care about, and I'm focusing on, the, on that. I'm just going to work, work and work to get to that place so that I can enjoy my life one day. You better enjoy it while you got it. Because you may not ever get there. Every waking moment is precious and to be cherished. Time is a commodity. The most valuable of all commodities. Because without time, nothing else matters. Without time, nothing else matters. Did you get that? You, you think, well, no, listen, think about it for a minute. What has any value if you have no time? What good does money have? What good is money if you have no time to spend it? What what good is what good is? Um, um, uh, uh, t- I mean, if you have no time, you can't even enjoy life because there is no life without time because time and life are one. You know, God created us, and the truth is, is that He's issued each and every one of us only so much time. The truth is, is that. Every last one of us have been given so much time. And it's almost like these time bills. Every one of us, 
Every one of us have so many seconds that we'll live. I mean, it's already predetermined. You've already got an appointment with death. You have so much time, so many seconds. You, you have so many minutes to live. I don't care what your plans are. It doesn't matter what your dreams and your expectations or goals are. It really doesn't even matter how faithful you are to God. Let me tell you something, friend. God's already got your name on a, on a calendar in heaven, so to speak. There's an appointment that you have when time ceases. There's only so many hours that you have. And the clock is ticking. It's ticking as we sit. It's ticking as we speak. It's just going. I mean, only so many days. You have only so many days to live. That's it. You say, well, how many do I have? I have no idea. Only God knows. You have only so many years to live. So many years to live. That's it. I mean, I, I, it doesn't matter. It's, we're all on the clock, so to speak. And, and you're issued only so much time. And how you spend that time, how you spend it matters. Because there's an eternity that awaits. You're only given so much time to spend. Some of you will have a little more than others. Some a little less. But the truth is we just never know. So, what do we know about time then? What do we know about time? I want to share three simple thoughts about time today. And then we'll be done. I mean, really, it's not going to take long. Not much time at all. We don't want to waste any time today, right? All right, so let's have a word of prayer. Father, we come to you. We thank you for this time we have together. And we do ask that you would use it to your glory. May we understand how important it is to prioritize each and every moment of our life. And help us, Lord, to truly be faithful to you and to honor you with it. Lord, if there be any that are without Christ, may they settle their soul's salvation today. And for the believer, may we commit ourselves, commit ourselves to living in a different way, a better way, a more practical way, so that we can indeed um, honor you. We'll thank you in Christ's name. Amen. I'm going to go to a handheld, okay? I don't want to take a chance on that going crazy. All right, there we go. So we asked the question, so what do we know about time then? Well, first of all, no matter what you do, it demands payment. No matter what you do, it demands payment. That's what we know about time. See, no matter where you go, there's still only 24 hours in a day. There's only 60 minutes in every hour, and there's only 60 seconds in every minute. And that never changes. Someone says, I just don't, there's not enough time in the day. It's never been any different. It's going to always be the same. What we know is that it's not going to change at all. No matter what you do, however, it's going to demand time. 
It's going to demand payment. You're going to have to fork up some minutes of your time, the time that God's given you on this earth. If you want to do something, it's going to cost you some minutes. It's going to cost you some hours. It's going to cost you some days. It may even cost you some years. But one way or another, you're going to have to pay. It's going to require a payment of time. See, time is more valuable than anything you have. ready to drop all the mics and just yell my head off. You know what? I, I, I am really nervous. I, turn them all off. Honestly, I'm not going to have any fun. All right. I'm going to, whoa. We're going to try that one now? Okay, good. We'll try that. We're going to do it. I tell you, one way or another, it's going to get done. The devil's not going to win this one, right? So time is more valuable than anything you have. I mean, listen, name anything that you have that would be more valuable without time. Now, someone may say, someone, someone may say <laughs> health. They may say health, right? And you know what? And to some degree, I get that. But, boy, with the kind of technology we have today and the, the medical field that we have so many times, they can even give us and assist us in our health and give us a sense of quality of life. But the fact is, without time, none of that would even matter in the long run. See, not only... Uh, that, but time is the one commodity that you can't, you can't purchase more of. You can't purchase more time in your life. I don't care how much money you make. It doesn't matter how important of a person you become. It doesn't matter what your position is. The fact is, is that you cannot purchase time. You can purchase medication. You can purchase uh, 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 vacations. You can purchase all kind of wonderful material things. But the fact is, my friend, you can't purchase time and neither can I. Can't do it. You can find, uh, purchase the finest of foods, you get the nicest clothes, but you can't purchase time. Time is a gift from God. And every day that you live, it is truly a gift. And I know there are times in our life where it seems that living is almost impossible and it gets so heavy for some that they even consider taking their life and some do. But my friend, I want you to know that time is truly a gift from God. And if you'd understand and try to be able to remove yourself from your circumstance and your situation and somehow be able to see things the way God intended us to see them, we'd realize that time is really something God has given to us. God wants more for you than the feelings of depression. God wants more for you than the, the feeling of taking your life. God wants you to enjoy the life that he's given. And that may be difficult, and you may have some obstacles that you have to overcome. But my friend, don't stop trying, because God wants you to understand life is a gift. And time is a gift. The truth is, God doesn't even owe us any time. But he does graciously extend it to us. I mean, he doesn't owe us these, these time bills, so to speak. He doesn't owe us any seconds or minutes or hours or days or weeks or months or years. He doesn't owe us any of that. But he extends it to us graciously. See, no matter what you do, it demands payment. You're going to have to utilize some of your time, the time that God's given you. What's it going to cost you what you're doing? What's it going to cost you in the area of time? It's going to cost you something. Number one, what, what do we know about time? That no matter what you do, it demands payment. Number two, it will never be enough. It'll never be enough. Turn to Psalm chapter 90 again, if you're not there. Psalm chapter 90, beginning in verse 9. Look at that. 
We're going to read verses 9 and 10. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are three score, seven, and ten. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore, yet is their strength labor and sorrow. For it is soon cut off and we fly away. Boy, the implication, of course, is that God's saying, listen, if, if you live a normal life, it appears that God's saying in, in a standard sense, a general sense, 70 years of age is kind of where we're at. Oh, yes, there are those that die earlier. There are those that die later. But he's saying, listen, if, if you follow the word of God, if you don't abuse your body, if you don't allow things in your life that are going to destroy the temple, then you can probably count on at least living to 70 to a degree. There's no guarantees, of course. But that right there, our days are passed away in thy wrath. He goes on to say the days of our years are three score and ten years or three score years and ten and if by reason if if some reason you live longer than that what's he saying he's saying well guess what um you're gonna find that it's not always easy it's tough it, it, it's a labor and there's sorrow involved and he goes on it for it is soon cut off and we fly away when john quincy adams was 80 years old a friend said How's John Quincy Adams? He replied to his friend, John Quincy Adams himself is very well, thank you. But the house he lives in is sadly dilapidated. It is tottering on its foundations. The walls are badly shattered and the roof is worn. The building trembles with every wind. And I think that John Quincy Adams will have to move out of it before long. But he himself is very well. i tell you something, this body breaks down, doesn't it? This body is not going to last forever. And it doesn't really matter how much we work out and how good we eat, although those are all things we ought to be considered of, seeing that this is the temple. Recognizing that it's really not our property as believers, we've been bought with a price. But the fact is, is that our bodies are going to, as he says, ultimately dilapidate. And it's never enough time. You know, I used to think when I was in my 20s and 30s that 60 was a long life. Well, I mean to tell you, they've lived a long, good life. Man, I am 56 years old. Can I tell you that 60 does not seem old anymore? And you know, if, you're, if, if, if you are, are in your 70s, may I say, you probably don't really think that 70 seems as old. It's come up to on you like that. I mean, you were just in your 30s and your 40s and your 50s, and here you are in your 70s. I mean, honestly, there's never enough time. It seems like it's always moving too quickly. And the truth is, the older we get, they say it all the time, but let me tell you, it is true. It just goes faster. Now, I know there's still 60 seconds in every minute and 60 minutes in every hour, and there's only 24 hours in every day, and none of that changes. But I'll tell you, for some reason, it sure seems like it's moving faster. And you know what? It doesn't matter. I've got to believe that it'll never be enough. 
God gave me all this time in my life so far. Can I tell you something? I got to believe when the time comes, I'll go, I, I don't know if it's enough. I'd like a little more. I mean, people, you know, and there's, there are some, don't misunderstand me, especially if they've been suffering for any length of time. But not too many people come to the end of their life and go, boy, I just can't wait to check out. That's not usually how it goes. Most people, especially if they're Christians, will say something like, you know, I'd be pleased if God would allow me to live a few more years. I feel like I can make a difference. I feel like I can influence and impact lives. But the truth is, is that, you know, it's up to him. But time goes like that. And you know what? It just seems like there's never really enough. There's just never enough time. You can't lose a loved one, a friend or a family member, and, and, and without saying, oh, Lord, I sure wish they could still be here. Obviously, we don't want to see them suffer, and we don't want to see them go through horrifying things on this earth. And at times, death can almost be a, a welcomed friend for the believer, that is. Not for the lost, but for the believer. But even then, down deep, we wish they could be with us and be well with us again. We miss them. It's the worst part about death is separation. The body dilapidates. We know that no matter what you do, it demands payment. No matter what, uh, it'll, it, we know it, it'll never be enough. We also know this, it always goes too quickly. It just always goes too quickly. We touched on that already. Turn to James chapter 4, verse 14. James chapter 4, verse 14 kind of a definitive passage when it comes to time. In James 4.14, we're told, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. Boy, we've learned that if you've lived any life at all. I mean, life can be just running smooth as silk and then... Wow. What just happened? The rug gets pulled out from under you. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know if you're going to uh, be comfortable, if you're going to be healthy. You don't know if you're going to be alive even. He says, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time. See, life is time. And then vanishes of the way. Boy, every... Uh, Winter, we go outside and we get ready to start the car, but, and uh, sometimes if it's in a garage or not, you, you just go outside, you start breathing, and you see that vapor. It just, and it just, that white vapor, and it just fades. That's your life in light of eternity. That's my life in light of eternity. Well, I know it's hard to wrap our minds around that. 56 years seems like such a long time to say someone that's in their teen years. But see, from God's perspective, a day is as a thousand years to him. To him, a day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years as a day. He goes a thousand years and it's like, boom, a day to us. I'm just saying, it's perspective. It's which side of eternity you're on. And Therefore, in Psalm 90, we already read it tonight, today, so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. How are you going to spend your time? 
We're talking about finishing strong. We know that we have a purpose, and that purpose is to please the Creator God, our Creator, our Creator, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We understand that. We know that in order to please Him, then we are to fear Him and to keep His commandments. How will you spend your time? How will you spend the time that God's given you? How will you spend all those seconds and minutes and hours, those days? those years because everything we do costs it demands a payment of time do you realize that time will run out and then eternity begins see while on earth we kind of function with the limitation of time but in eternity the clock stops See, there's no sound of a second hand to be heard any longer. I don't know about you, but isn't it crazy you buy a clock at the store, you put it up on your wall, and you hear it click, 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 click. It's like, can anybody make a clock that's not so loud? Doesn't that drive anybody else crazy at first? Now, now again, I, I think after time, you kind of just get used to it. It's kind of like living by train tracks, you know? It's like, how can you live by the train tracks? What train? You're like... You know, people that live by an airport, you're thinking, there is no way in the world I can live by an airport. Like, don't, don't those planes drive you crazy? Ah, oh, we don't even notice them anymore. And so that's how I get kind of like with the clock, I guess, sometimes. Hold on, think about that for a minute. Think about how precious time really is. Think about how precious every tick of that second hand is. Don't we take it for granted sometimes? Don't we almost forget that it's even there? We just kind of just go through life, spending our time, not even realizing that it's so precious, so important. You only have so much time, and so do I. How will you spend it? I want to finish strong. If I'm going to finish strong, then I have to spend my time wisely. And I don't want to just spend it wisely early on in my life. I want to spend it wisely to the very end of my life. I want to spend every bit of time in a way that when eternity begins and time ceases, I'll have no regrets. And I believe that as believers, that ought to be all of our desire. Every one of us should desire that. No regrets for us. No, I wish I would have done that. Or no, I wish I would have spent time doing this or that. How many times has a parent gone through life and eventually worked so hard to provide for their family and, and provide them maybe well, but neglected the opportunity to get to know their children like they would like to have? And they get to the end of the child-rearing uh, years and they say, I don't even think I've ever even gotten to know my kids. Hey, listen... You can work a lot of hours and still get to know your kids. It'll cost you some time sleeping. It'll cost you some time of leisure. It'll cost you time of comfort. But you can still work very hard and long and still not neglect time with your children. Be careful. So many times we make decisions on what we're spending our time with not prioritizing them properly. 
I promise you that watching a television show will not, is not better than spending time with your children in the yard playing ball. And yet we'll work 60 or 70 hours a week and we'll come home and say, I have to relax. I'm wore out. I'm tired. No, you need to tent spend a little bit more time and go out there and throw the ball around a little bit instead of kicking the television on, kicking your feet up and relaxing. I promise you, you'll regret that one day. I just threw that in. I thought it'd be fun. I think it's important, too, by the way. You don't have to do one or the other. By the way, you have the same amount of time as I do. I have the same amount of time as you do. You do not have to sacrifice one for the other. God expects you to provide for your family, sir, but he doesn't expect you to neglect your kids. I promise you, you can work long and hard and still do both. But you better prioritize the time you've been given because it's going to cost you. Whatever you do, cost you. And it's true in our lives as ladies. Let me tell you, all of us, boy, be careful. We want to finish strong, don't you? I want to finish strong. You only have so much time. You know what? If you're lost without Christ today, do you realize that Jesus is the only one that can forgive your sin? You, 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 there's no way in the world that you could do enough or be kind enough, sincere enough, godly enough in this old flesh that we have here. Do you know what this is? This is just sin wrapped up in a shell. I'm just a sinner. And you're a sinner. We're born into sin, the Bible tells us. It says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory. None of us measure up to his standard of perfection. And the truth is, is one day time is going to end. And that is why the Bible tells us over in the book of 2 Corinthians 6, 2, For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait even till tonight. Get it settled right now, right where you are, because you may not have any more time to spend. You don't want to be in a place called hell for eternity. Because see, when time ends, wherever you are at is where you will spend eternity. For us that know the Lord, he's keeping the balance sheet. Every transaction of our time and our talent, our treasure will be recorded and on display We'll be judged by the Lord Jesus Christ and we'll be judged based on how wisely we spent the time he gave us here on earth. In 1 Corinthians 3.13, he says, Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereon, he shall receive a reward. You know what he's saying? Depends on how you spend these. Depends on how you spend every... Second, every minute, every hour, every day, every year, every decade. How are you spending it today? You're going to be judged on how you're spending time. So maybe you need to carve out a little time to read your Bible. Maybe it'd be wise to carve out some more time to pray. Oh, maybe you pray, but you don't pray like you should. Why don't you make a decision today to say, you know what? I'm going to just take a little bit more of this that God's given me. And I'm going to make a down payment on some prayer. 
Why don't you give an extra 10 minutes? Why don't you give an extra 5 minutes? Why don't you give an extra 20 minutes to the things of God? Why not maybe attend God's house consistently and regularly? See, it's an investment in time. Say, I got a lot of life to live. No, you have a lot of time to spend, or maybe not much time to spend, but whatever time you have, I think it'd be wise to spend it in a way that fulfills your God-given purpose, and that is to please Him. Maybe you could spend some time witnessing to family and friends. Maybe you could possibly spend some time working in the Sunday schools or on the bus routes. Maybe you could spend some time investing in eternal things, helping in the nurseries and doing other kind of things that will help to make this church a light in this community. Investing our time into eternal things because you only have been given so much of it. How will you spend it? The question isn't how will you spend your life? The question is, how will you spend your time? Will you spend it fulfilling your God-given purpose to please Him? By fearing God and keeping His commandments, making His word big in your life, making Him big in your life, and in your home and your family. A mother was explaining to her little girl the death of her father. The mom said, God has sent for your father, and he'll send for us. But, but I don't know just when. The little girl kind of thought about that a moment, and then she finally said, Mommy, if, if, if we don't know just when God is going to send for us, don't you think we'd better pack up and get ready to go? God might send for us, and we won't be ready. He's going to send for you when this runs out. He's only issued you so much time. And you're going to spend it one way or the other. When he sends for you, will you be ready? Will you finish strong for his glory? Or will you have spent it selfishly on self? Father, we come to you. We thank you again for this time, and we just ask that you would meet our needs today. Lord, help us to be very cognitive and understanding of the fact that we only have so much time, and we need to utilize it in a way that honors you, <clears throat> that fulfills our purpose of pleasing you. Bless these that are in this auditorium and others that might be watching. We just pray, Lord, that you would be glorified in it, be exalted in it, Father, if there be any that are without Christ, that have never come to the place where they recognize themselves as the sinner that you, you define us as in the Bible, and if they've never come to the place where they realize that they themselves cannot pay for that sin, but that's exactly why you sent Jesus. That's why the Lord Jesus Christ came, died on a cross, was buried, and rose again so that our sin could be washed away, so that his blood could be applied to our account, so that we could be redeemed, bought back out of sin, placed into your family that never understood that may you help them to see that now and see a need to trust you even this moment father in heaven we need you now bless those that have yet to receive your son and for we who have 
May you, Father, put in our heart a desire to spend our time wisely because there's only so much time to spend. And we'll thank you. Help us to finish strong. In Jesus' name, amen.